we see that again? <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Was that Sir it's Isaac? A, it's a Newton night, has it? A Newton night. Can we see it again? There it goes. Didn't you write something once if the apple did not Can fall? we see that again? <laughs> that is really good, isn't it? Yeah, mm. that's all you work. Newton and other things. And other things, mm -hmm. huh? Um, I like apples. I have an apple and I have a rag. You sure do. You can't, Some people give the teachers apples. They do. I kind of consider myself a teacher. I you mean, are. if you're ever looking for a nice gift. <laughs> I get you an apple. I'd just like to uh, take a minute and polish this apple. Do you have stories about that? Sure. They're going to think this is rehearsed it's if you not. keep reading my mind. <laughs> Spooky. It's not rehearsed. On this planet, we don't do that. <laughs> See how it's starting to shine? Mm -hmm. It's getting really pretty. And so, when I was young, okay. I needed a little bit of extra spending money. So I got a job at the university. I wasn't in the university. I was younger. Okay. But I got a job at the university basketball games selling apples. And I had this little tray strapped around my neck, and I'd walk around, apples, apples. The problem is, I really liked watching the game. <laughs> it was a basketball game. Yeah, right? and, and that tray was, I was a little guy. It was a heavy tray. <laughs> so I found a big garbage can, and I set it down the side of the court where I could see real good, and I put my tray on the garbage can. And then I got me a rag, and I sat there and watched the game. See, I didn't while know I polished this. The act. Look how pretty that is. I can see hmm? that. And so people would see that beautiful, shining apple. Mm -hmm. They'd go, is that for sale? Well, for you, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> the, there, it's ready. Look, can you see how shiny that I is? Can. Look at that. I really can. And I would sell more than anybody else. And I was the only one that knew what the score was. <laughs> so, that's yeah. awesome. And there, there is a great lesson from that. You know, I had a whole tray full of apples, uh -huh. and they were just apples. And people would buy, hey, you got an apple? Yeah, here's an apple. But I put one rag over the tray, and I take the other rag, and I just sit here and kind of polish it. You make it's it like, look good. This is the best apple in the world. Look at that puppy shine. You really you make see it that? look like that. Yeah. Look at that shine. Irresistible. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that. I, Why I not? That. I Why just, not? <laughs> something I thought about doing just now. Okay, anyway, by taking one apple and really polishing it up, it would make it interesting to people. And did you know there's a real secret for an entrepreneur in that fact? It's a, a marketing secret. If you got a lot of ideas, mm -hmm. and you go up to someone you think might want to invest, mm -hmm. and you say, okay, I want to tell you what my ideas are. I've got this idea. I've, I sell an apple, and, and I, I can sell bananas, and I can get oranges and lemons. 
and people get overwhelmed. But if you take just your best idea, kind of polish it up and make it pretty. And you know what? This was all inspired by your apple. <laughs> My apple. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Did you guys see her? Do you want to see it one no, more time? No. Let, let's look at it just one more time. Here it is. That's me. There it is. is. Mm -hmm. The apple. Now, can you see why we call that the Peugeot apple? <laughs> yes, because I'm in it. My name is, in, I'm in the apple. I, my name came out of the apple. <laughs> Help. Because, Help. <laughs> because of the makeup, right? The makeup. Yeah, did, did you remember that one episode of Science Live where we visited the lipstick desk? Oh my goodness. You remember that? That's what you call my desk. Lipstick desk, <laughs> right? It's because it's little. So that's what what I think about is the makeup. Makeup, okay. Yeah. I'm not following, but I need to figure it out. Science marches on. Whoa, that's a big makeup. Wow, that's is that a tool? This is a research tool. I am like. Galileo. Come on, my best behavior. <laughs> Do you know what you told me once? Oh, I'm afraid of what I told you once. <laughs> you told me that if you cut an apple open, what, what did you tell me it does? I told you you have to cut an apple the right direction. Which direction? This way? Yeah. Because, or this way? No, not that way. And if no, I that, no, you're right. That way. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start over? <laughs> on this planet, on this, this planet. Okay, okay, all of them fixed. <laughs> Say, you told me that if I cut an apple, yeah, that way. what'll happen? <laughs> that there is a secret inside. A secret inside? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? There's a star inside There's the apple. There's a star inside the apple. Mm -hmm. And I really you like know, it. You know, I didn't believe her either. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to find out if you take an apple and slice it, if there is a star inside? My hypothesis says she's making it up. <laughs> What's your hypothesis? Depends on which direction you're So <laughs> we are now going to get to the bottom of the apple no, question no. like this, right? Cut it like this. Yeah. Ooh, cut, 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 cut. And we're supposed to cut all the way through. Mm -hmm. All the way through like this. What on earth is that? <laughs> That's I think there is funny. a star inside the apple. Okay, you're just, you're just, you're, my apple looked different than yours. It is lipstick. Oh my goodness. Just like I thought. You are always right. You ruined the star though. It really is lipstick. Like Look at that. Lipstick. <laughs> Do you want to kiss? Is, is, it a, <laughs> is it a star? I was so excited for them to see the star. <laughs> now they just have to do it at home. There's a star inside your apple. So, get out your very, very best idea. Polish it up. And if they say there's a star inside your apple, cut it open and see.
I'm taking on. I wasn't ready for that. Weren't you? <laughs> no. Okay. Would you like to try something else then? Yeah, I would. Okay, I brought some molecules. Can we get an overhead shot here? Here we go. Molecules. Do you see them? These are twins. Twins, mm. two and two. These are like hydrogen atoms. Okay. Hydrogen atoms grew up going to a Cellus Academy and thereby became social, <laughs> which means they don't like to be alone. Yeah. One hydrogen atom looks really lonely, doesn't it? It does. So hydrogen always finds a buddy, and there's always two of them together. And that's why we call hydrogen H2, because there's always two of them together. Always. Right? And interestingly, the same is true about oxygen. Oxygen atoms don't like to be alone, so they find an oxygen buddy, and they form an oxygen molecule. Hydrogen molecule, oxygen molecule. One atom alone is a atom. Two together is a molecule. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, what happens when hydrogen and oxygen come together in proximity? I'll bet some people are thinking, there's going to be a big explosion. And thank goodness there isn't. Yeah. They're, they're just going to kind of dance around like that and do nothing. Isn't that cool? That's what happens when they come together. Hmm. And the reason that nothing happens is because this hydrogen has got his buddy, mm -hmm. this oxygen's got his buddy, and this they all have friends. They don't want to react with anyone else, so they just float around. Inside of a hydrogen engine, that's a real good thing because otherwise you couldn't pull the fuel and the air in and compress it because it had exploded as soon as they mixed. But they don't. So they just float around together until you bring energy. When you bring a high temperature, enough to break these bonds apart, then they start reacting. And the hydrogen, or the Oxygen molecule breaks apart into two oxygens, I mean two separate oxygens, and the hydrogen molecules both hook up with the uh, <laughs> oxygen, like something like this. I have to get my little stick. So you end up with the Mickey Mouse here, see? <laughs> and they do actually pull around to one side like that in the water molecule. So the hydrogen atoms had an electron and a proton, so a positive charge and negative charge, and it kind of equalized out. But when they hooked up with the oxygen, the oxygen had six electrons in its outer shell, and happy atoms are atoms with eight. And so the oxygen kind of stole the electron from the hydrogen, pulled it over towards the oxygen, and that's why the hydrogens hang on to the oxygen, is because you're not taking my electron. The oxygen, yes, I am. He's big, <laughs> he's strong, bigger, he's pulling it in. And so he's got a hold of it, and the hydrogen atoms have got a hold of it, and that's why they look like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but did you know that the fact that it looks like Mickey Mouse is one of the miracles that makes life possible? Because... Water is a polar molecule. Since electrons have been pulled away from the hydrogen, 
it's more positive up here on the hydrogen side, and the extra electrons are down here, so it's so negative. So this will hook up to another hydrogen atom in a, another water molecule, and it'll form these chains. And the chains cause amazing things to, what, what in the world is that? I don't know, what that? is that? Oh, it's a good catch, though. Does anybody know what this is? What's this doing here? This what isn't is part of my thing. It doesn't thing. look like a social thing. <laughs> It's what not it? social? Look at it. It's kind of... Hmm. don't know what it is. What is this molecule? Huh. The Peugeot molecule. <laughs> I kind of forgot my social thing. <laughs> Can I take that thing back about not being social? <laughs> nope. Okay. No, it's too this late. Is a, this is a complex molecule. So we're talking about hydrogen, and hydrogen's a neat thing. So if you have two hydrogens floating around, come back together, it's, so they're all stuck together, they're floating around, they find a oxygen, and there is enough energy, a flame, a spark, something to ignite it. Chemists call it a source of energy to help it get over the threshold energy, then, this reaction takes place, it forms water, but in water, the electrons are closer together, and so it has to give off energy. And that energy comes off in the form of heat. And that's what powers the hydrogen car, the hydrogen engine, Could which is really amazing. explain threshold energy a little better so I can understand it? You're an electrical engineer. This is chemistry. Mind your own manners. <laughs> no. Actually, the threshold energy is the energy that you need to get these bonds to break so that it can start the reaction. And how much energy you need to ignite the action depends on whether or not there is another substance there. In this case, I got another. Let's, let's take this one. <laughs> Unless you have one of these, this could represent what chemists call a catalyst. Our cafeteria here is called the catalyst. That's right. That's because we serve burnt food. That's not why. Laugh, it's humor. <laughs> That's not funny. It's no lunch for me tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, no, a catalyst is a molecule or a metal usually that helps this reaction to take place even if it's not so hot. Mm. And a catalyst that helps hydrogen and oxygen combine to form water at a lower temperature is the metal platinum. Platinum is a magical metal. And one of the things that's magic about it is it's a catalyst. It helps hydrogen and oxygen to combine and form water at temperatures lower than you normally need to ignite it. In fact, I have, in my laboratory, I should show it, but can you use your imaginations? I have a catalyst that I run hydrogen through, and at room temperature, it starts to get warm because it starts combining hydrogen and oxygen into water without a flame at very low temperatures, and as it does so, it gets warmer and warmer and warmer. 
is kind of a neat, neat thing. It's really One neat. of the problems that I ran into, and you know the, the real challenge of science is when you've got something figured out and then you try it and you try to do something very good and useful, very often you get surprises. And we, we mainly get surprises from things we don't understand. Well, I wanted to build the world's first hydrogen house. I had the first hydrogen car, had the first bus, had all these different things. I wanted to make the first hydrogen house. And in order to make a house, I had to be able to convert a stove to run on hydrogen. So I got a stove, and I realized that there is a thing that you engineers will know about. It's called primary air and secondary air. And there's a quench diameter. A quench diameter is a hole in a metal burner that is so small that a flame comes down to it. Have you seen around a stove and the flames coming out there? The flame just goes back to the little holes in the metal. And those holes are smaller than the quench diameter, which means the flame can't get through the hole. Mm. But the quench diameter for hydrogen is like a tenth of the diameter for natural gas or propane. Oh. So a regular burner, pfft, hydrogen goes right back in and ignites the primary air. So I had to eliminate the primary air, and I got it so it was burning. Now, when a hydrogen flame burns, it's a very beautiful color. It's invisible. There's essentially no visible radiation that comes from a hydrogen flame. If you look at a, a fire out of the campfire burning wood, you see that nice yellow flame. If you've got a nice gas stove and it's adjusted just right, you see that nice blue flame burn hydrogen, you can't see anything. Well, you put your hand over it and you can feel the heat. Why can't you see anything? Because the color that it gives off is invisible. It gives off one very, very, very narrow wavelength, which makes it useful for a lot of laboratory instruments, mm -hmm. like a flame ionization detector. But it, it doesn't give off other colors because it's such a simple molecule. And consequently, when the stove was on, you'd look at it, and it looked like it was off. And I thought, you know, that could be dangerous. Someone would think, oh, the stove's not on. Oh, it's on. Oh, I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another problem. The flame was burning fast, like it did in my hydrogen car, and so it made nitric oxide. Remember the stuff? Nitrogen in air, oxygen in air, if it gets above 2,400 degrees. <laughs> It forms NO, which is no, don't do it, <laughs> no good. which is a pollutant. And so lo and behold, inside the house, I was making nitric oxide right where people don't want to breathe it. Whoops. So here's my hydrogen house, and I've got the stove, and I've got the furnace, and all these things. I even had a fireplace that wow. I want to run on hydrogen, but I couldn't because the flame was generating nitric oxide. And so I thought, I need to do some inventing. And then I thought about a catalyst. If you have a catalyst, it'll make the flame occur at a lower mixture and lower temperature. Of course, I couldn't afford to put platinum on my stove. Platinum is really expensive. But there's another catalyst I'd read about, and it's called stainless steel. Stainless steel is a catalyst for hydrogen combustion as long as it's glowing orange hot. 
Platinum works as a catalyst at room temperature, but stainless steel has to be really hot. Where am I going to get some stainless steel? I went to the grocery store because I was going to get it for the kitchen. <laughs> and I got a stainless steel scouring pad, you know, like you scrub pans uh -huh. with. One of those only cost 50 cents. I took it home, took off the wrapper, and, and they're kind of stretchy, springy. Staying. You've seen them? He's if you smart. haven't, He's you so need smart. to do the dishes. <laughs> and my mother made sure I saw them. And so I stretched it around the burner. And then I turned on the stove, and the hydrogen flame started burning, but the stainless got warm. And as it got warm, it glowed orange. And I could see that it was on. I thought, safety concern solved. <laughs> but it also inhibited the mixing of air and hydrogen so that there wasn't a good mixture, so that it couldn't burn fast. And on the surface of the catalyst, it burned lean. And so we measured the nitric oxide. And our analyzer would go to one part per million. And it was less than that. We couldn't even measure it. A stainless steel scouring pad from a grocery store? <laughs> and yes. If you want to know more about that, you can go to Google Patents and look up Roger Billings, and you'll see I have a patent on that. On putting the stainless steel scouring On doing the dishes <laughs> <laughs> with stainless steel scouring pit. Yeah, go, really? go look at it. Uh -huh. There it is. I bet you called it something different than stainless steel scouring pad. Yeah. In your patent. Yeah, I, I tried to make it sound like it was really cool. <laughs> but it's interesting. The problems that you run into in science are usually where the opportunities are hiding. When you do an experiment and you know what's going to happen and you do it and it doesn't happen like you expect, it means there's something you don't understand. And that's where the really good stuff is hiding. When it doesn't do what you think it's supposed to, then you're about to learn something. It was like Galileo, he saw, hey, wait a minute. If Venus is going around the Earth, how come we can see a crescent? That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, if you think a little more about it, the moon is going around the Earth, and it's a crescent. So, hmm. We'll have to think some more about that, won't we? No, okay, I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> but it's interesting that when... When you do understand science, when you do an experiment and it proves out your hypothesis or what you understood, then you gain understanding of how things work, how the universe works, how the atoms react, how the social people teach, <laughs> how lipstick is distributed in fruit. <laughs> It's going to be a new concept right there. And that's what's so exciting about science. You're learning things. You're learning knowledge that gives you the power to do things. And you can do whatever you want. You made a comment the other day, which I thought I made was, a comment? Uh -huh. A comment? Oh. A comment. A, a comment. Okay. What, what was it? You were talking about research and experiments. Mm -hmm. And you were saying that if you do it very carefully and not do it quick and dirty, that you can learn a lot more. You know what, I did say that and it's true. And what I said is that I was working with one of the students here at the academy. They were helping me with a project 
And uh, the project was getting done really slow. Took a long time for every step. But I looked at the work when it was done, and it was perfect craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. Because everything was just done meticulous. And I made the comment that in research, you want to design your experiment very carefully, and then you want to build it with precision. Take time to build it right, because experiments that are hastily conceived and poorly built rarely give meaningful results. And I just thought it was really neat, and I thought, I'm helping build a little scientist by helping this person learn to be such a craftsman, to be so careful, learn how to build something so that it will work the way we intend it to and we can get the results we want. A lot of people cobble experiments together and try them before they're ready and they get a result but they're not sure if it was because the wire was loose or because the science is saying, there's something here you need to learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yes, okay. So we're, we're running right down time, and, and I brought some hydrogen, which I... What are you going to yeah, show us? Would, we ha would that be okay? <laughs> your, yes, it's your show. Well, but actually, this is your show. Yeah? Do you remember the strobe? Yes. This is a LED light, a strobe light. It's got a little oscillator, and it blinks, except you can control how fast it blinks. And we use this like on a motor. If you're running an engine and you want to know how fast it's turned around, you turn on this blinker and you shine it on the flywheel and change the speed. And you can see the flywheel moving as it blinks. And as you get closer and closer to the speed, it looks like it's slowing down. And when you get exactly so it's blinking, at one revolution, if there's a little mark in it, every time that mark comes up, it comes on. So it looks like that mark is standing still. Mm -hmm. And that's how we, we measure speed. Well, we can actually take a rotating image, and by always flashing at just the right speed, we can stop that image so you can see it. Okay? It's a stroke. Okay. Well, I have a rotating image. Yeah. <clears throat> Here it is, and I hope you can see this okay. This is a, a hydrogen fuel cell. And I don't know if we can get a close-up on that or not. Can we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so these are two plates of metal. Now we can see it good. Two big, thick pieces of metal, bolts going through, bolting it together. And yeah, I made this. And in the middle is a special plastic-like membrane. It's a proton exchange membrane. And in one side, I put hydrogen. In the other side, I put oxygen. And then I have two wires hooked up. The hydrogen and the oxygen combine inside this little cell and form water, and the energy comes off in the form of electricity. Pretty neat. When I was trying to build the hydrogen car, the problem was the storage tank couldn't hold enough hydrogen to go very far. And I worked and worked and worked to find a better way to store it. And then I got the idea. A gasoline engine wastes, wastes three-fourths of the energy you put in it. It goes out as hot exhaust and out heat out of the radiator. 
I thought, if you could make that engine more efficient, you go a lot further on the same tank of fuel. And this is a way to make the car a lot more efficient. As a science fair project in high school, I made the first gasoline-type engine converted to hydrogen, the first hydrogen car. But some 20 years later, I made the first car that used hydrogen from a fuel cell. Fuel cell has no moving parts. It's like a battery, except you don't have to charge it up with electricity. You just charge it up by putting more hydrogen in it. And when I put the fuel cell in the car on the same tank, it went three times as far. Okay, so I want to see if we can get this to roll. I've got a tank of hydrogen and oxygen, and these two uh, columns, if you can see them here, are what we call rotometers. They have a little ball inside them, and when I open the valve here at the bottom, the little ball goes up because the gas has to go around the ball, and how high it lifts the ball tells you how fast the gas is flowing. And it's not flowing at all, so it means I need to turn these back on. There we go. So that we can actually see that those are working. And then, if we want to turn on the hydrogen one, I get that bubbling. So now I've got a little bit of oxygen going through this side, hydrogen on the other. And inside the cell, we're going to see if we can generate some stuff. And you notice i got this little wheel here, which is turning very fast. <laughs> Now it's starting to get some hydrogen inside the cell, and it wants to go the other way. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it helps you turn it the right direction. And so now we're doing it. I want to show you how this actually works. This is a, a little wheel, and I'm putting it on the rotor of a, uh, excuse me just a second. I'm putting it on a rotor that is an electric motor. So this electric motor is hooked up to here so that when we do have electricity coming off, the electricity makes a spin. I'll put this back on here and we'll see if we can get it spin again. There it goes. It's spinning. Now, we do happen to have this strobe light, which you can use to make things go. Hey, can you see it blinking? Okay, now I'm going to see if I can find out what speed that's spinning at by speeding up my strobe? Oh, I'm past it, past it, past it, slower, slower, slower. And it just died. It's so slow, my strobe can't quite get it. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Isn't that Duh. great? Duh. So this ties in to the lipstick. You see what I mean? So the kids are wondering how. And in the you got end, science stick. always correlates. Isn't that fun? That is so neat. So we're now watching hydrogen and oxygen combine. And the way this cell works inside, there is a piece of plastic that isn't normal plastic. It's actually almost a piece of Teflon plastic. Teflon, as you know, is a real sturdy plastic. But this special Teflon has special cells on the end of the Teflon chains on both sides that make it look like a sulfuric acid to the, to the hydrogen. And so what happens when hydrogen comes down there, it has a catalyst, which is platinum. The platinum pulls the hydrogen into the membrane. 
and starts dragging it through the membrane along this chain to the other side, but the electron can't get through there, so it gathers at the electrode. When the hydrogen proton gets to the other end, that becomes positive. With the electrons left behind, it's negative, but the membrane doesn't conduct electricity, so the electricity has to go out through the wire, through the motor, do some work, and then it can get to the other side and make water happily ever after. <laughs> Pretty neat. Learning how chemicals work allows you to do really, really wild, crazy, wonderful things. That's why we love science so much, isn't it? Now, were you going to say something? Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's neat. It is neat. Yeah, the kids are wondering how you got lipstick in the apple. How I what? Mm-hmm. How, how, how could you get lipstick in the apple? Well, when Newton first saw the apple fall, <laughs> yeah. years and years ago, well, I, can hear the story. I, I used the knife to cut it open. You and Newton I was were looking buddies. for the star. <laughs> I don't know how you got the apple in your intro. I don't either. Yeah, can we see that one more time? <laughs> yeah, really? I guess so. No, I don't think so. I think we'll just go with this Look nice at that big molecule. Electrode. It turns out that we're running short on time, but I wanted to save just a couple minutes so that we can get to some of these live questions. Do we have any questions that you wanted to share with us? Well, this one's not necessarily a question, but one of our students wrote in saying they knew about you in the hydrogen car, but the fact that you had used the technology to create a stove and other things in the house. He hadn't thought about that before. Hmm. And it's interesting. Today, this very, very day that we're uh -huh. filming this, I received a telephone call from the president of a, a major engineering company, and he told me that one of his biggest customers, a very, very, very big company, would like to have my assistance in creating a technology to make fertilizer out of hydrogen. Make fertilizer out of hydrogen. Yeah, because hydrogen is a very, very good starting point to be able to make the fertilizer that many kinds of plants, like our einkorn wheat need, mm -hmm. nitrogen fertilizer. Nitrogen is in air, it's everywhere, but plants can't take it out of air. It has to be Fixed. It has to be reacted and made in a form the plants can use. So what you do is you react hydrogen with air, with, with nitrogen in air, and form ammonia, NH3. And ammonium sulfate and things like that are ammonium nitrate are things they put on plants to fertilize them. Mm -hmm. And I have had some interest in doing that. Again, to get that reaction to go, you need a catalyst and you need certain technologies, and there's some naturally occurring hydrogen sources. It's exciting what you can do with technology. Right now, fertilizer is very, very expensive. It's tripled in, in the last couple of years, and without fertilizer, our land doesn't produce nearly as much food. And one thing we want to make sure we always have is plenty of food. Mm -hmm. okay? That's really neat, but mm -hmm. are you going to do it? I know I'm pretty busy with this molecule right here. Helen's <laughs> <laughs> confused or something. <laughs> it's, I wonder how that got created. We should nickname this the lipstick molecule. <laughs> it's a 
complicated molecule. Yes, it is. <laughs> One more. Well. It's a lot of them. I know, they're really quiet today. She's afraid she's going to ask one I won't know the answer to. <laughs> well, the, there's the one question. Can like this be used in everyday the, life? Oh, yes. Everybody should get one or two pages. I think that I think we, the world just needs one. You're right. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> One's enough. Yeah. We're all going to be social when this is over, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think they're trying to figure out how they can use hydrogen in there. Everyday life, how, how well, that hydrogen is really, really a neat molecule. Uh, it's my favorite molecule. In fact, most of the atoms in my body are hydrogen. <laughs> they are, aren't they? Yeah. Most That's of so the true. atoms in the universe are hydrogen. Just neat. So it's a real popular atom, isn't it? <laughs> but it has wonderful properties because you can combine hydrogen with oxygen and you then get energy with the only byproduct not being pollution, not CO2, it's just water. And then what's even more neat is you can turn the water back into hydrogen and oxygen with a process, a process like electrolysis. And so the only thing you do is you're using up energy, and the energy could be from the sun, it could be from a fusion reactor or whatever. I think it's neat. One of the little projects that I'm working right now is on a new hydrogen pitcher, not a photograph, but a pitcher of water mm -hmm. that is infused with hydrogen, really small hydrogen bubbles, mm -hmm. so that we get up to 1,500 parts per billion of hydrogen dissolved in the water, which has wonderful properties when you drink the water. And uh, I'm hoping to show that sometime soon. That'd be awesome. Okay. That'd be wonderful. I like inventing stuff. Yeah, we yeah. like you inventing things. Mm -hmm. We do. Yeah, I think we should make one of those walking robots. Do you see how that thing was squirting? You know, I was going to make a stand up look. <laughs> Maybe it could be the ISD mascot. Yeah, robot. we should. <laughs> The IS, yeah, the Cellus <laughs> Academy robots. Oh, the Cellus, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Well, you know, robots kind of an old word. Now, at least in Area 51, we call them androids. <laughs> they are. That's all the time we have. We'll see you next time. Study hard, okay? Okay. <laughs>